Welcome back to Kenny and the Coaches, and welcome to December. We are closing in on the end of the high school football season, and a lot of schools are getting into the swing of basketball season, which makes sense for me to have a baseball coach on. Before you know it, the spring 23 baseball season will be here. Today, I have the defending state 4A champion baseball coach and all-state coach of the year and coach of the Blanchard Lions, Coach Josh Rainey. All right, Coach, thanks for taking time to visit with me a little bit today. You bet. I appreciate it. Now, Coach, describe to everyone what that moment felt like. Because I watched it on YouTube. I saw the excitement that happened on that on the, the game winning hit you guys had last year. Kind of describe to people what that feels like in the state championship game to get that final, get that final run or to get that final out. Because, I mean, you've done it three times. Yeah, I, I mean, like you alluded to, we have we've been I've been pretty fortunate to to win it three times, and and each one of them's a little bit different. Uh, but that one especially is, you know, we we had lost two games to teams from Oklahoma, and it was both to Tuttle. So yeah, uh, you know, to be in that situation and and have that senior, and there's a little backstory to that. Um, his brother. In 2015, beat Tuttle one nothing on the mound for me. Threw a four hitter, punched out 13, and, and mm-hmm. he really won the first title for us in 15. And you know, for have him to come up in that situation, and you know, people think about the hit, but I think more than anything, you got a freshman hitting nine hole mm-hmm. who gets a base hit and then steals a base and gets us in that position. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and 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 Milligan is he, he's very he was very surprised when I gave him the swing away sign. Usually we have a lot of take offense because the guys we had behind him and Kel Miller and Jackson Glass and when he got the three one green light, he was just uh you know Yeah. Just stepped up and did his job. So I mean, but you can't describe that. I mean, I think, you know, when you're a little kid and you play wiffle ball and, and things and any sports is you're always, you know, creating this circumstance where the last player, the last at bat or you know, the free throw to win it and then to actually have it happen is, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of a storybook ending to sound cliche, but it was uh, <laughs> pretty interesting. Yeah. Now we were kind of talking before we got on here. You said that, uh, I think it was back in 2009. I can't remember when it was, you said, but you, uh, you took your guys to a, a tournament in Arizona and the Lasso and places like that. How do you go about, I mean, do you have to get invited to those like the, like especially like the one in Arizona. I mean, that sounds like a pretty big deal. Well, the one, I mean, more than anything, and it all started in 2009. We were really good. I mean, I had Chase Stevens went to Oklahoma State and ended up pitching for the Diamondbacks and Kevin Cantrell, who was an All-American at Southwestern. So we started just kind of calling around to kind of see and give these guys an experience. I think the whole the whole reason I got into coaching was to give guys opportunities that I never got to do in high school. So, yeah, you know, yeah. being at Blanchard, it, you know, baseball is a big, big deal. So when you, you know, when you give these ideas about, Hey, I'd like to go do this and that, I mean, it's full support from everybody. So cool. I made some phone calls and we, we, we found this tournament that, that was out in Tucson. And it was like in 2009, I think there was like 20 teams and, I think Owasso and Tulsa Union had been to it, and I had mm-hmm. called around and got this guy's contact, and we went down there and had a good time, played on the spring training fields. And, you know, it's just oh. grown massively since then. So, and, you know, and 
2019, we won it. It's the only time I've ever won it. I played in the I played in the finals three times. I've been out there, I don't know, 13, 14 times. But oh, wow. it was like, mm-hmm. you know, 30, 32 team tournament, and you play pool play, and then they seed the top eight. So if you make the top eight, it turns into like a single elimination tournament. So I like it because it's a good deal for us to kind of recreate the, uh, you know, you can't recreate the state tournament because mm-hmm. you play all season. And then you get to the end and you really don't know what your team's going to be like until you get to that situation because they, have, they don't have to play with that pressure of your season's over if you lose because everything's double elimination or everything's pool play, this and that. So mm-hmm. we kind of go out there for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was just saying about that when you were answering the question about, you know, it, it almost would seem like something that big. And then coming back to the state tournament, it's almost like this, you know, it is a big deal, but it's almost like it, I feel like that would take pressure off of kids. Well, you know? it, it inevitably it does because you can't recreate playing with your backs against the wall and knowing that there's no tomorrow. So yeah, even that tournament, they know there's still season left, but they know they can't advance unless they win. So there is that kind of mm-hmm. pressure that kind of recreates the state tournament. Uh, in some sort, in some fashion, so. Yeah. Man, and having a, a school that supports and is, jumps on board with stuff like that, that's that's big to, for your program. You know, I mean, I'm sure the, the kids that you get are, they, I mean, some of them you may get a few that come in just to say they can go do that, but most of them want to be a big part of that, you know, and that, that's, that's pretty cool. No, it's a, it's a, it's like I said, it, it's a unique situation. It's very special. I'm very fortunate to have been here for 15 years. I mean, mm-hmm. there is a lot of pressure, but again, oh. I think that if, if you're in coaching, you want to be in a place that wants to win because yep. when you're in that, you don't get a lot of no's when you need stuff. So mm-hmm. again, Absolutely. It's, it, it's, it's good for sure. Yeah. Now, of the state championships you've won, is there any of those seasons that probably that stick out a little bit more to you, like you had to maybe overcome a little bit more one season or another? Well, I think, you know, I got to Blanchard 2007, we went to the state tournament, 2009, we went to state finals, and then 2010, we were up 10 runs in a regional final Lone Grove. It's the, it's the, it's still the loss that I just can't, you know, you look back through your career, yeah. you know, we're up 10 in the bottom of the fifth, three outs away. And all of a sudden the wheels fall off, get beat 13, 12. Yeah. And then we go 10, 11, 12, 13, uh, don't go to the state tournament, 14. We just kind of relooked at everything that we did. I, I've had a long time assistant coach you Trump. He was, uh, played at the University of Oklahoma at USAO and he's been with me for the entire time we just kind of sit back and we overhauled legitimately everything that we had ever done hmm. since we've been at Blanchard and started implementing in 14 and then in 15 you really saw what we did with the run game the bunt game and just overall ability to uh, I, I felt like change the game depending on what we were seeing. So we just gave ourselves an avenue if we were facing a lead pitching of how we could manufacture and do things. And mm-hmm. I think 15 was the biggest turning point because on that team, I, I mean, you know, they just experienced nothing but failure for 13, 14, and then mm-hmm. 15, we go to the state tournament and just, you know, win every game and then kind of set the tone from 15 and then 16, we go to the, semifinals 17 
state tournament 18 we get beat in the finals and then 19 we win it and so on and so forth so i think 15 was really the turning point with that group of seniors they were just unbelievably bought in about whatever it took it wasn't about them as much as it was about what we were trying to accomplish within the game i think 15 is probably the most special one honestly just because it kind of just got everything rolling for us oh yeah now, whenever you – boy, I know like us us coaches, we're kind of creatures of habit. You know, we we kind of find something we, we, we that has worked and we kind of stick with that. How how big of a uh, – oh, I'm trying to think how to put that. How kind of whenever you got that season started after you had – you and your coaching staff had kind of revamped everything, how kind of – I guess kind of puckered was the word. To, you didn't know if it was going to work or not. How was that – I think this is this is a funny story because I think more than anything, like the, I felt like they were going to fire me if I didn't <laughs> get to the state tournament in 2015. Yeah. So I think me and Shu pretty much knew, like we were just coaching our ass off to to try to, you know, yeah. like I mean, it it wasn't more about like it's a hail mary, but it was more of a reflection of like like you said, we are creatures of habit, and you know, we won in seven, we won in nine, and. If 2010 probably doesn't happen, we're probably still doing the same thing. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I think that it was the best thing is that, that outside pressure for us to go, hey, this this isn't really, like, the best that we can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know? And yeah. So I think it was it was it was good. So mm-hmm. just I think coaches in general, I think if you're open to reflection about what really your program is, Mm-hmm. And if you just step back and go, yeah, we're winning, and and we were winning, like we mm-hmm. were winning. We got to the regional finals every year during that time. We just couldn't get over the hump, mm-hmm. and we could have just said, well, it was unfortunate, or this team was hot, or this or that. But I think more than anything, we just wanted to create an environment that we weren't ever unprepared for a situation. And I think, you know, it kind of happened for us. So yeah, well, that's a big thing. Like I said, I'm I'm sitting here thinking about how we would be, you know, we have not had the near the success that, that you've had. I couldn't imagine trying to go in and kind of revamping everything. And the feeling that I would have, you know, game one next year, you know, I'd be like, I, I, know, we, I know we've talked about it and I know this is what we think is going to work, but is it really going to work, you know? I, a, I think the, the good thing for us is is our, our scrimmage schedule, um, just because I started coaching at Edmond Santa Fe, so – Mm-hmm. I started there with Lonnie Cobble in like oh three oh four oh five, so I had a bunch of six eight contacts. So all my scrimmages from February fifteenth until the second week of March, I've always done it. I've always wanted to play, try to play a hundred innings of baseball before we start a regular season. So wow. really at fifteen, when I watched it against the six A guys, what we were doing and how it worked, I felt really confident yeah. in going. And that's no disrespect to 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 four A or our class or anything like that. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just athlete for athlete, they they out athlete us. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> um, so I felt like when we were going through the scrimmages, I think we were we ended up being like nine and two mm-hmm. in scrimmages, and it's all six A schools. I looked at you and I was like, we our guys got it now. Fourteen, yeah. we were figuring it out. Fifteen, we got it, and it was just. We went on, and I think we were 34-5 and five that year. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
like I said, it was it was it was pretty incredible. Like I said, I, so we had a good feeling going into the fifteen about like this is gonna work. We 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 got it figured out. Yeah. Now yeah, four, oh, fourteen ahead. was fourteen was the year. Like, do we really know what the hell we're doing with this? <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, yeah, you, you've talked a lot about the the fifteen season, but the the nineteen season was a season you were ranked. Or you were thirty nine and zero, ranked number four nationally, and you said you didn't really know how that how that came about. But when you're in something like that, do you realize how special the team is that you have, or is it one of those like you know you get into the the summer or the fall of the next year and you're like, man, we were that's pretty pretty special. Well, like I said, we had won that that tournament in Arizona one time, and in mm-hmm. two thousand nineteen is the year we won it. And when we got back from Arizona, I, we looked at, I looked at shooting, I was like, dude, this is gonna be I mean, we knew we were good. I mean, we had Jay Speck, 6'7". He was 93. He got drafted. Payne Miller going to OU. I mean, mm-hmm. Bryce Madrin, Jack Kiker, four-year starter. Colby Reed, four-year starter. Ty Bambiner, four-year starter. You know, Galloway, three-year starter. Like, every one of those guys in that lineup all went on to play Division One baseball, college baseball, get drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we... And and it was just like and we had we had arms we had we had six arms and they were all eighty five above and and you're talking about four A baseball yeah and just <laughs> in baseball in general like yeah, I mean yeah. mm-hmm. so we knew we were going to be good but the funny story about the nineteen team is yeah it's all about that was more about keeping them on track and understanding like you still got to show up and play yeah so a funny funny story is we were like twenty one twenty two and zero. And we lift during the season. So we got through playing a game. JV's going on. I got the varsity guys in the weight room. We're at home. And I go in there, and I got Peyton Miller, who's going to the University of Oklahoma. I got my all-state second baseman, Jack Hiker, uh, who's going to play at Northern Oklahoma College. And they're doing lap pull-downs. And Kiker's standing on the weights, and Peyton Miller is yanking him up, and they're bouncing each other off the ceiling. And I... <laughs> I, I go in there and just let it rip. And I tell him, I said, I hope you guys get your, I hope you get your ass kicked tomorrow. Like that, you think you're too good? Da, da, da. Yeah. And that was almost like the turning point of the season of like, they're just going to prove me wrong. And they played lights out. Like, I, I mean, yeah. like it was just like, oh, we'll show Coach Reddy. Like we can do this crap and we can show up to play. But it was just funny. Like, yeah. <laughs> Man, what is that like to coach that many D1 athletes on a team? I mean, I just, you just, you just, like I said, it's not, it's, it's more about making those guys realize that it's not about them or Mm -hmm. what they're going to be at next year. It's just about living in that moment right now and understand that the biggest part is making guys still buy into the system of like, you got to do your job for the guy behind you, that kind of thing. It, it, yeah. It's fun because they competed and they worked really hard and they're so, they're so much farther along when you're talking the in-depths of baseball and the things that you can do and the things that they can do in-game and things mm-hmm. like that. Their ability to make adjustments, how quick they make adjustments, how they relay information to each other, that's the remarkable part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've had plenty of D1 baseball. In 2017... I had five Division One players, and we get beat in the quarterfinals. Yeah, but mm-hmm. but that but that was 
those guys were ready to move on. You know, mm-hmm. that, that that's the hardest part. So again, a lot of stuff I look back on and, and redid or re how I handled the season with that much talent in 19 was, but they were self-motivated, man. They were a bunch of dogs. Like yeah. at practice, like they'd be trying to fight each other. Like, cause they want that, like anything we're trying to do to win at in mm-hmm. practice, they get, and you know, no. You can't teach that. That's a mentality that's like their mom and dad or whoever. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, you almost want to see fights sometimes just to make sure that they still have that, you know, or make sure that they have that competitiveness yeah. in them, you know. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, I never really thought about that, about what you said about just keeping a D1 athlete focused on the season now because they know that they're playing – yeah. After high school, you know, I, I had never really thought of, of it in that realm of things. It's like, you know, it's they know that they're good. They know that they're going to be they're no, yep. They know they're going to continue to play. And it's just kind of hard to keep them on, on track. I can see how that would be a challenge. It'd be a good challenge I'd like to have. You know, yeah, <laughs> so, for sure. Trust me. It, it's good to know that when you walk out on the field, you're better at seven out of nine positions when you show <laughs> up. So, yeah, absolutely. Now, I mean. Just from your tradition, I would imagine you probably go in the every season kind of with your program having the target on their back. What's kind of the outlook for uh, the 23 season coming up? I think the 23-3 is, is very exciting for us as a coaching staff. I mean, we had we started five seniors, three freshmen and a sophomore on that 22 team that won it. But mm-hmm. we've had we had a lot of young dev players uh, we're moving players around to create competition so people don't think mm-hmm. because so-and-so graduated that I'm the next guy in line. I think that's the biggest thing. The hardest thing, the biggest thing between big schools and where we're at mm-hmm. is complacent, complacency. Mm-hmm. So you got to recreate or you have to try to create that sense of urgency that practice means something, no matter if you started last year or you didn't. Um but I'm excited. I mean, I think we got a bunch of young guys, um, but they are, they're very skilled and they're very competitive and that's a recipe for success in my book. So, yeah. Who were some of the people that, that influenced you to get into coaching? I think more than anything is when I, when I got, when I got, when I was playing at Southwestern, uh, I had hurt my arm, so I was just DH, and so mm-hmm. I got a call from Corey Williams. We played together. Uh, he used to be the head coach at Piedmont, um, mm-hmm. and he got me hooked up with Lonnie Cobble. So mm-hmm. I, I did that first year between my junior and senior year of college. I coached in the summer because I really, that, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, you're mm-hmm. in college and. You don't think about that stuff. No. And I coached in that first year and that summer. I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. I was like, this is this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, my senior summer, me and Kyle Roberts, who was the head coach at Edmund Memorial and who's now the AD, we started American Legion back at Edmund Santa Fe. And in that summer, we won a state title. I mean, we had like, we had players, Ty Whedon, Austin mm. McClune, Spencer Selby, like just Cash Breedlove, Jacob Discavage, just like these guys that, and we won it. And then I started coaching there from then on, and it was just like, that was it. Mm. Like just up at the field running tournaments with Tony Gwynn, who was running the 
the the Edmund Stars. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's just kind of what sold it for me. Yeah. The Tony Gwynn. Yeah. Oh, well, wow. no, no, no. Okay, no, no, like, no, wait a minute. I'm not, thinking... <laughs> not that Tony Gwynn has been around ever in the Edmund area. Coaching okay. American okay. Legion. I, yeah, yeah. I, I thought that might have been what you were talking about. And I was like, wait a minute. Okay. That's another that's another question. <laughs> but man no. I, now describe to someone on the outside looking in, because you know, as as a fan, you know, as parents and stuff watching, they just see, you know, balls being hit and you know, they'll probably see you giving signs not knowing what in the world it is. But how much attention to detail do you have to pay to be a good baseball player? Because I think there's kind of a you know, um Base, baseball players kind of get a bad rap of saying all oh, that you can look at some of them. Some of them aren't your typical athlete. You know, they're not the big strapping muscled up guys. There's a lot of bigger guys that play in the major league, playing the major leagues. How much attention to detail do you have to be, do you have to pay to be a good baseball player? Uh, I think that baseball is very unique in itself. And, and I have this discussion all the time. My next door neighbor is Teddy Lavin who played, Oh. for OU and, and played for football in the NFL. Yeah. And we get arguments because I tell him, I said, the greatest athletes in the world are baseball players. I said, <laughs> I said they can do everything. I said, I've seen plenty of football players try to hit. I've seen plenty of basketball players try to throw. But I said, I think that we have such a unique skill set because it's all combined in what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. But I think more than anything is it's the only game where – there's not instant gratification, right? Yep. Basketball, you shoot it, it goes in the hoop. Everybody knows, right? I'm good. You you, yeah. you catch a pass, you make a tackle, whatever. Baseball is like you hit behind a runner and get out, but the guy moves up 90 feet and the next guy in, hits him in. But without that, mm-hmm. right, it, you're not successful. So I think more than anything is being able to handle failure makes you a very unique player in baseball and and how you do that but we do a lot of stuff with like making guys not worry about average and numbers like that but mm-hmm. there's there's always in-game adjustments we got we got pitch we got pitch counts that we keep to our hitters like after three innings we have a percentage of what guys throw in one one counts two two counts two counts things like that so we're you know we talk about hitting is is a uh, not so much guessing as it is gathering a bunch of information and making an estimated decision mm-hmm. on what pitch is going to come. Um, yeah. So there's a bunch of stuff that oh, yeah. I think in-game stuff that people don't really think. They just see guy throws it, guy hits it, guy fields it. You know, mm-hmm. they're not they're not seeing the rotation that happens. You know, what guys are trying to accomplish, what pitchers are trying to do to hitters because they know they're trying to do this and that. So, mm-hmm. you know, to the average fan, I'm sure it looks slow and somewhat boring but for mm-hmm. the purists they know that there's a battle in between every pitch of trying to adjust and and do something different or you know depending oh, yeah. on the situation yeah it's almost a chess match every every pitch 100 percent. yeah now kind of you kind of talked about the game people may look at it and think it's being slow i mean that was the, kind of the next question what do you what do you think the state of high school baseball is in in Oklahoma because it seems like anymore um, that fast pitch seems to get a lot of attention, you know, I mean, but what, what would you say kind of the state of, of uh, baseball is in Oklahoma? 
I think that fast pitch gets a lot of attention because you have the University of Oklahoma that is just dominating with the greatest players mm-hmm. on planet right now. You got the softball Hall of Fame, so you got all this stuff that's going in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, OU and OSU uh, in baseball hasn't been very good, but I think you know Skip made a run last year at OU, and I think you saw a bunch of excitement for Oklahoma, and I think. You know, part of baseball in Oklahoma is this, there's so much travel ball stuff. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm part of it. You know, I, me and me and uh, Coach Draper at Tuttle have combined and, and made Team Veteran. And we partnered with Nick Reed with Veteran Back Company. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, th- I think to me there's a standard that high school coaches coach at. So, mm-hmm. you know, when – when you're sending your players to these outside organizations, are they are they doing it for the right reasons? Are they doing it for money? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, are they playing the game the right way? Well, I think that I think baseball's good. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think if you look at baseball players are getting bigger, they're stronger. Mm-hmm. I think guys are working at it more. There's more access to individual instruction whether that's good or bad i mean mm-hmm. players are so much more advanced than when i started coaching i mean mm-hmm. it's yeah. just the truth behind it i think more than anything it's high school coaches trying to get these guys that play in showcase teams to show up and buy into the team concept is the hardest thing yeah 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 and plus i mean do, do you have you run into a lot of problems with like you may have a kid on a travel team but you know, they're kind of associated with a coach at another school. Have you had much run-ins with that, kind of like the recruiting aspect? No. I mean, more than anything, like, I I think that – I think people know me and Coach Draper, so they understand, like, we're doing it for the right reasons. And like Mm -hmm. I said, I got got 16 kids through our four teams that are playing uh, for Team Veteran, um, you know, 14 through 18. Yeah. So I think that if uh, my players are there, I'm invested. So I'm coaching the other coaches' players just as hard as I would those players. Yeah. But I'm not there. I'm not there, you know, to push my program on anybody. Sure. Uh, I think that more than anything, I think that's just sometimes a lot of that is, I don't know what that is. Yeah. I mean, honestly. Yeah, I, I, I think that's probably more of an issue in smaller schools than it is, you know, like your 4A, 5A, 6A schools. Just, right. you know, that whole small school mentality thing. Grass yeah. is always greener somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, I know, for sure. Yeah. Um, now, I got one final question for you before I okay. let you go. Everybody's always going to say that if you don't have pitching, you don't have anything. But what is more important in high school baseball Infield or outfield? <laughs> what is more important? I thought I about guess. I thought about hitting or pitching. I'm like, oh, everybody's gonna say pitching. I'm, I'm gonna go infield, outfield. Oh gosh! I mean, for me, it's infield mm-hmm. because, like, at Blanchard, like it's like 280 down the line. So we got. I mean, <laughs> you just play deep and keep everything in front. I mean, yeah. Uh, no, I think it's all. I think it's it's it all depends on the situation like at hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there is equally as important because if you have great outfield, you keep guys as singles and that creates double play opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 
you got great infield, you don't make errors, so like you give less opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, are you throwing a guy that sinks the ball, or you're gonna have more ground balls, or you got a guy that's got high spin rate, you're pitching at the top of the zone, so there's gonna be more fly balls. So I think it it's it's uh it, it all depends. Is the wind blowing out? Is the wind blowing in? Because yeah. if it's blowing out, you want to have good outfielders because you're gonna be hitting it over your head. If it's blowing in, you're not worried about it. <laughs> so yeah, I just ask that so I make you think a lot about which one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's all. I want them to be equally as good, honestly. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Well, Coach, man, I appreciate you doing this, and good luck to you on this upcoming season. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Like I said, if I can ever do anything for you, just holler at me. Like I said, I like anybody that wants to promote, you know, high school baseball. I think it's a it's a great sport, and I think we get a, get a lot more coverage of just high school sports in general. So. Big thanks to Coach Rainey for being on the podcast today. Sounds like if you want to watch some great high school baseball, Blanchard is the place to be this coming spring. Man, just thinking about it, I should have asked him a little bit more about being Teddy Lehman's neighbor. He might have been able to get him on the podcast as a guest. Who knows? Anyway, thanks for listening to Kenny and the Coaches. Go ahead and subscribe to my podcast and tell others about it. That's Kenny and the Coaches. And that's Kenny with an E. Until next time.